So why do bad things happen to good people? This is an ongoing question for many Christians and unbelievers as well. A satisfying answer to the question is as elusive as Sasquatch or Roswell Grays. So we need to start someplace with this subject. Hopefully, we can start here at the tip of the iceberg. I'm Robert Winfield, and this is Chapter House. Hey, welcome back. Um, first, a disclaimer. This video in no way suggests that we will live free of challenges or problems, large and small, but to suggest that whatever the pressure or challenge we face in life, dealing with loss, failure, or death, is that we are more than conquerors, and that the grace of God is more than we need to prevail over every circumstance. It seems that this question asked point blank to any minister is danced around with a lot of hymns and haws. When bad things happen, we hear God is teaching us a lesson or God is mysterious or you can never know why God does what he does. Look how God tempted Job and gave Paul an eye disease. You know, God will allow this and that, etc. What you rarely hear is what is the devil doing in all of these cases of mayhem and misfortune? How is it he walks away scot-free without even a mention, as if nobody wants to say the D word? I heard a minister say once, things don't go bad, they start bad. The question is, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Or anyone for that matter? The short answer is, he doesn't. I took this question up with him, something that seems unconventional to most church folk, but I just asked him. The response was quick. He said, why would I send my son if I allowed bad things to happen? He came to free you of all things bad. Your choices allow bad things to happen. I have given you a way of escape, but many are not inclined to my ways. Now, if you don't believe you can hear from God, we'll cover that in another chapter. Many people like to cite Job and how God allowed Satan to punish Job, but why would God bless Job beyond measure in all things and then arbitrarily turn around and sucker punch him. Is Satan God's toady or whipping boy for the body of Christ? I trow not. We'll also go into Job's story in another chapter of a series I'm doing called Christian Mythology, where we look at Job, the Serpent of Eden, Paul's thorn, and a sundry of other like topics. God doesn't hone us with trials and tribulations to make us strong or everybody would be a faith giant by now. He teaches and hones through his word. All the people in scripture have made the mistakes already or succeeded or to learn from their mistakes and successes. It's not God who puts us in trials. We see in the Lord's prayer how we say, lead us not into temptation. And 
Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. There's a great illustration I've heard along the way. Um, a candle is made of wax, and we have been told to be careful that if we put that candle out in the sun, it will melt. So, we go ahead and without thinking, we put the candle outside, and sure enough, the candle melts. Well, is this the fault of the sun for melting the candle? Many times we think just that when it comes to God. The reality is we have tested ourselves. Now God can potentially use bad things to help us learn to avoid bad things in the future, but he doesn't initiate bad things in order to teach us any more than a parent sets up booby traps for their children to teach them, or at least they shouldn't. God's already told us the candle will melt if it's left out into the sun. It's our job to heed that advice. Well, what about all the suffering children and innocents? Well, these are questions traditional apologetics just fail to answer. The usual explanation is God is responsible and we have no responsibility to know or do anything, all of which is the most reasonable and powerful argument against becoming a Christian. If you have a God that plays with human lives like billiards, then it definitely wouldn't be reasonable to buy into Christianity. You can't rationalize the irrational. What's missing is the understanding that while God is sovereign, He has created a system of rules, ordinances, statutes, and covenants that set Him in a self-restrictive posture in order to give us freedom of choice and dominion. The suffering of the innocents is in the realm of man's domain. God can help to a degree, but we are ultimately responsible for the outcome. The whole state of the world has been put at the feet of God's children. We see many scriptures where God can't do anything to help. The following scriptures have to be hurdled in to prove that God is in control of all things all the time. Mark 6, 5, and Jesus could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Does this mean Jesus is not omnipotent? Mark 7, 13, thus you are nullifying and making void and of no effect the authority of the word of God through your tradition which you in turn hand on and many things of this kind you are doing. In other words, you have made my words void and unable to work on your behalf through your habits and traditions. You teach others to do the same, and there are many things like this you consistently do. Matthew 13:15. Their hearts were dull, and their eyes and ears were closed. If they would open their hearts and see with their eyes and open their ears, I would heal them. 1 Samuel 8, 6-8 Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people, and all that they say unto thee, 
for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods. The Jewish people got what they wanted. Did God want to destroy them? Or did they go against the best thing God had in store for them? In creating self-imposed limitations by giving us dominion on this earth and free will, God made the rules regarding spiritual success the same for every man. Likewise, the same laws ignored produce failure for every man. In this sense, we're all created equal. Now, a person could say, but wonder if people don't know about God. Well, it should be worth considering that you go tell them. God has a system in place where we are empowered to read, hear, understand, and follow. Now, not everyone knows how to read, but most people can learn. Those who can read, but don't, have no advantage over those who can't. Failure to read, hear, understand, and follow biblical objectives produces the same lack of success as it would in any human endeavor, whether it be flying an airplane, becoming a doctor, or practicing law. At some point, a person must want to be a doer of the word and not merely a hearer only. The devil doesn't need to have our Bibles confiscated and burned. He can get by perfectly fine if we never read them and or follow what's inside. Knowing how, to, how a light bulb works or having them in your drawer will not illuminate your home. Light has to be activated on purpose. Darkness will always encroach on the absence of light. Darkness has to be displaced. It's our responsibility to keep the lamp burning, to be God inside minded, so to speak. We have evidence that what we do or don't do is directly related to what we get or don't get. The world mistakenly calls this karma. In reality, it's a spiritual law, and what we get is our own responsibility. Here's a partial list of some of the ways to help avoid bad things happening when we keep the devil and or destroyer in mind. 1 John 2.14, I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Ecclesiastes 8.5, whoever keeps the commandments shall feel no evil thing. 1 John 5.18 We know that whatsoever is born of God sins not, but he that is begotten of God keeps himself, and that wicked one does not touch him, or toucheth him not. 1 Peter 5.8-9 Be sober, have self-control, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about, seeking whom he may devour. Ephesians 4, 27 and 29, neither give place to the devil, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. 
James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We can resist the devil, but only if we submit ourselves to God first. So on the surface of just a few scriptures, we see the Word of God should abide or live in you. We should keep the commandments. We should be conscious of not sinning and keeping ourselves or being attentive to observe ourselves and guard ourselves. We should have self-control and be watchful of our actions and speech. Don't steal or overborrow, and don't watch or listen to rotten, putrefied, unfit, and worthless language and music, radio, film, or television. We can't slander or libel the brethren, gossip. We can't avoid studying or reading our Bible and not love all people unconditionally. We can't vote for ungodly political platforms, hear God's name used in vain, or watch lewdness and horror and curse others and ourselves and think all is going to be well in our lives. When we have a devil who goes about looking for people, he can chew up and spit out. In general, many of the negative things just mentioned are examples of what good people do. Now on the surface, everyone knows the difference between good and evil. What we debate is how much evil is acceptable. One example is that we have debates over the internet all the time on whether a Christian should watch Game of Thrones. And it may be a moot point now that it's run its course, but there's no condemnation here, but that's not the kind of content as a Christian you can fill your soul with and not be affected spiritually. It's impossible. You may think you can handle it, and granted the production value is superb, but you have no idea what you forfeited spiritually. Would you show the many frontal nude and sex scenes of any episode in your church? No, that would, that would be absurd. But what you should realize is that you're the church not the building. We're all tied together. We're all one. Are we willing to throw away our walk with God for a stupid TV show? Apparently, yes. The more unfortunate perspective on this is that if you are all right with watching this kind of content and trying to convince other Christians it's all right, it's also most likely that you do all kinds of the stuff like this that are outside of your walk with God. This would bring us back to Mark 7, where it's said that you've made many words void and unable to work on your behalf through your habits. You teach others to do the same, and there are many things like this you consistently do. Let's skim the surface with a few scriptures that deal with R-rated material. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 Abstain from evil, shrink from it, and keep aloof from it, in whatever form or whatever kind it may be. Amos 2.8 And they drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. Romans 8.6 For to be carnally minded is death. 
Titus 2.12. We should deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Those are just a few of the more upfront scriptures. I mean, do we really think we can marinate in this kind of R-rated content, spend little or no time in prayer or studying scripture and think that we can escape the devil's plan for us? It would be an odd position for a Christian to take, I would think. With all that baggage, I would think it would be more surprising that bad things didn't happen to good people. The devil is going about looking for cracks in our relationship with God that he can exploit it like a bad cavity. Everything that's written in the Bible is for our benefit. It's for our admonition or warning against fault or oversight. Give attention to my words and don't think beyond what is written. Reading, studying, and meditating on the Word is the first endeavor in seeking the kingdom first and the first layer of defense against the devil. Kingdom revelation is what we find, kingdom applications are what we do, and the manifestation of the kingdom in our lives is what we get. Luke 6:46. Why call me Lord, but don't do what I say? 1 John 2:6. If you live with Jesus in your heart, you ought to be walking like him. A part-time Christian can't overcome a full-time devil. Be assured, bad things don't need to be a major impact if we pay attention to the directions of the Holy Spirit in us. Someone might say, but when I did such and such, all this negative stuff started happening. But did God tell us to do that negative stuff? Did we even ask God and wait for an answer? to listen and obey. Like I said, things don't go bad, they start bad. The devil will try to get you through deception, temptation, and condemnation. Be watchful and don't be deceived. Bob Dylan said, if you're not busy being born, you're busy dying. A nudge from God could be that small space between the devil's teeth that allows escape. The Lord is trying to lead us into the promised land, but we think those promises are impossible, so many die waiting. The Holy Spirit will help us to evade disaster or give us the power to eradicate it altogether. We are the captains of our own ships when we move from milk to the meat of the word. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, not the devil. God has given us the power to take dominion and become the children of God. In closing with Hebrews 2.8, for you have put everything in subjection under man's feet. Or we could say, now in putting everything in subjection to man, God left nothing outside of man's control. We have the scriptural right and spiritual ability to steer clear of sickness, disease, poverty, lack, failure, loss, and death if we take hold of the Word of God and learn to hear His voice to guide us through this gauntlet of life. We are more than conquerors, but it's a fact that we have heard that saying so often it rings hollow. 
and we need to get it into our spirit and put aside the bumper sticker aspect and that the grace of God is more than we need to prevail over every circumstance. The Holy Spirit will tell you of things to come. The best escape out of the teeth of the devil and calamity is to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Learn to hear God's voice for direction. Ask and inquire of Him before you act. Avoid making plans willy-nilly without prayer. Don't get caught up with trends and unbelieving doctrines. Spend time in prayer and the Word. Stay pure and guard your eyes and your ears from the world. Stand in faith, walk in love, and launch out into the deep. Till next time.